so you were you were taking that position of the intellect you were the 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 uh Expert. the master of your task correct correct it. and it I worked it. it worked and then eventually i actually knew what i was talking about but in the beginning i was like i can't wait to be able to understand some of what i'm saying right Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Stacy Jordan of Homebridge Mortgage. Stacy is a mortgage loan professional. Hey, Stacy, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Homebridge Mortgage. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. All right. Um, well, a little bit about Homebridge. Um, corporate corporate uh, headquarters is in New Jersey. Um, however, we're in Hawaii and in all states. So we lend in all states, which is um, really nice when you have a borrower or someone looking to relocate or purchase a second home. And I've been in mortgage, the mortgage space for 22 years now. Um, 22 years? I know, right? <laughs> when did you start? When you started middle school? Uh, I know. Thank you, Mark, for that, uh, that compliment. I'll take it. I don't know. Yeah, actually, I started when I was 25. Wow. Yeah. So you can That's do young. So how did you how did you convince somebody when you were 25 years old to put trust in you as a as a young 25 year old uh, yeah. with one of their most important investments? That's a good question, actually. Not I feel like not a lot of people ask it that way. Um, I remember being 25 and young and being frustrated how young I looked, right? Um, and having that obstacle. So I, truthfully, what I did is I remember subscribing to this mortgage market guide back then, and it was just a daily tip on the, the market, what mortgage-backed securities are doing in the bond market and how rates affect uh, are, are affected. Um, and so I started to just study, become a student of that, and I would highlight and print it off every day, and I would speak um based on that information every day and i think it gave me kind of a, some immediate credibility and i started to learn the language and the tools and and i kind of faked it until i made it so to say um but i did notice like using that uh tactic um helped curve you know helped with the age curve so to say that i, I was up against so you were you were taking that position of the intellect you were the 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 uh Expert. the master of your task correct Correct. And it worked. It worked. And then eventually I actually knew what I was talking about. But in the beginning, I was like, I can't wait to be able to understand some of what I'm saying. Right. But <laughs> I love it. Fake it till you make it. There's nothing yeah. quite like that. So right. you've seen you've seen quite a lot. You've seen I mean, that 22 years that goes back to 2000. So you've seen this the rise up and then the meltdown and then the rise back up again. What yeah. do you what do you see? Oh. What are you seeing in the future of mortgage? It's a tough one. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in your opinion as well. But um, uh, we're in a, we're in a unique environment right now, right? Interest rates are still at historical lows. They have come up, but they're still historically low. Um, we are lending more responsible than we ever have in in my career. So from a responsibility standpoint, we're doing all the right things. Um, so it's tough to say because so much of it is dependent upon other factors in our economy. Um, from a housing standpoint, we're all a little suffering because there's not enough inventory and that's affecting prices. Um, 
making it a difficult market to be a buyer in and even a seller, because I think as a seller, if you're going to sell, you have to go somewhere. And I hear a lot of people say I would sell, including myself, I would sell right now, but I don't know where I would go. Um, so, you know, it's hard to see what's going to happen, happen in the next year or two. Um, feds want to raise rates. That's they're, they're committed to doing that. That's what they've been saying, but you know, they've also been, uh, they've said that in past years and had to maintain different positions. So I think unless we see a major economic slowdown with jobs, um, I, I think we're going to continue this way for another year or two, but I think everyone's hoping there'll be a correction in inventory. So I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it would certainly be nice to loosen inventory, but you know, for those people who are out there saying, oh, the market's going to crash, it's unsustainable, they really don't understand economics 101 and supply I, and demand. Yeah. Because and I don't believe we're going to have a crash at all, actually, but it, 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 it's impossible. I mean, when you look at, <laughs> remember this, I said this on January 18th, 2022, right, it's impossible, right. but uh, without some catastrophic event, you know, it's basic supply and demand, right? If, uh, if there's not enough supply for all of the demand, I don't know how prices could, could go down, um, but that being said, where do you see the future of, you know, securitizing mortgages and, and mm -hmm. the whole blockchain? So this is interesting. Um, I'm, I'm just starting to scratch the surface. Uh, and I've been over the past couple of weeks, especially been listening to a lot of podcast movies, reading books. I ordered a few books recently. Don't ask me which ones. I'd have to check my Amazon order, but I know they're coming um, so that I can gain a better perspective and understanding of blockchain and crypto in that world. But what I've learned so far, and we are merging with the blockchain technology uh, at the end of this month, the merger should be complete. So we will overnight, uh, Homebridge will be a blockchain technology mortgage company. Um, and so that is going to be an interesting journey this year for us. So we will be in the space overnight. Um, but what I think is it's like, it's like it, it, I definitely believe it will revolutionize the way we lend money in mortgage lending a hundred percent. It's going to happen. Um, I think that, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I, I can see the benefits, but the disadvantages, I, and I don't know, again, it'll be interesting to have this conversation maybe three to six months from now, but, um, I do think the securitized of mortgages is likely to change drastically when you remove the need to sell loans to secondary markets, right? And you can pool loans or, or securitize them in different ways. It's going to ultimately change the way we do business, the way we know it. Um, I believe in a few years, how we're doing business today is, is it's just not going to look the same. So I agree. It's certainly going to keep things a lot more organized, especially in the default space, right? So there's going to be machine learning. I think there's going to be a disadvantage, which you're going to have to. We're going to have to overcome that, and so I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out because I can already tell you a little bit, a couple of experiences where, like, say the technology read something and you couldn't really override it as a human because we're relying on the technology. So yeah. there's going to have to be something put in place. And so I'm sort of, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the other side, the flip side to, to that is going to look like and how we navigate through that. So, so let me ask you this present day, Stacy, 25 years old, would you get into the mortgage business again? Absolutely. I think it's still an incredible business to, uh, to, to be in. It's an amazing space. 
Um, I think you can, I think there's a place for everyone, you know, if, again, if we're talking about like being an originator, right, writing loans, um, you know, there's no one personality or, or, you know, you can really find all sorts of different ways to navigate and create a career within mortgage lending. Um, and the beauty of this industry is that you don't need a four-year college degree. Um, it really can, you know, if you have certain skill sets, you can be very successful in origination. And not that I'm not qualifying uh, college education because I, my background's in education, so I believe in education, but um, you can graduate from high school and put a couple of years in mortgage lending and be making six figures in a few years without a degree. So it's just a really cool space to work in, I, I think, from many perspectives. How would someone get started in that space? Well, you have to you have to obtain a uh, federal and state license. Um, so you have to get obtain a license. You have to pass a state and federal exam, and then you'll maintain that education moving forward each year. But um, that's really your starting point. You can't originate until you have a license. Some of the banks and credit unions might hire you without the license, um, but in the mortgage lending, direct lending world, you have to have a license if you're going to be a broker or a lender, direct lender. Got it. So, so Stace, you've been in this business for, for a long time, and, and as we talked about, you saw the, the rise up from the early 2000s, but you also experienced you know, that mortgage meltdown, that 07, 08, 09. What were you doing during that period of time, and how did you keep relevant? I was melting down along with it. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, gosh, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it really felt like a light switch went off. So you woke, went, went home and woke up the next day and all of a sudden your world changed and you didn't know what it was going to look like. So um, I think for me, I sort of thrive in that kind. I thrive in change. I really enjoy it. I, it doesn't, I don't live in fear of it. I think it's fun and exciting. I think within any market, there's opportunity. If you have the right mindset and you're able to step back from something and say, okay, look around, you know, how do I need to shift? What do I need to do now? And how do I position myself? So professionally speaking, I think, you know, that's why I did well. You know, I survived that, that time, but uh, it was challenging. I mean, we had loans that were funding and closing the next day that we had, we weren't able to close people had moving trucks and it was a difficult time to navigate, but we did navigate and we made through, made, made it through, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the entire world of lending, you know, became, that was a transformation where um, from a pro professional standpoint, originators had to become licensed. So we had to get a license, um, which, you know, raised the professionalism, I believe. Um, so I was very pleased that, you know, reg regulation was put in place for that. Um, consumers need that in, 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 you know, it was necessary to start, you know, looking at the industry and saying, you know, it's not okay for closing costs to go up by five grand the day before closing and people forced to, to close you. I'm sure you were, you were managing those horror stories. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, with the meltdown came a lot of positive change that our industry really needed. Um, and then, of course, we shifted towards lending much more responsibly. And I think that was a correction. I don't think it was obviously a correction that was necessary. Um, and fast forward to where we are now. I mean, you know, we haven't not gotten back to some of those no doc programs, state and loan programs. I mean, those versions of them, but they're still those loans are really still scrutinized. Right. Um, and we are, we're, you know, fast forward, we're lending responsibly and 
very diligently. Uh, it's no joke to get these loans together and into the closing table these days. Um, so I don't know if I even answered your question, but you did, you <laughs> did, and and what you you sparked in me was also you know the ability to to embrace change. So COVID, hmm. I mean that required some serious, for lack of a better term, pivoting. How did you handle? How did you handle COVID in the mortgage okay. world? I have to tell you, it was actually easy. I feel bad saying this for the, those that have really struggled or are continuing to struggle. It was easy for me. I mean, I came into my physical office every day because that what's work worked best for me. And we we're lucky we have private office doors. So um, I chose to come in every day because it's better for my mental health. But yeah. um, I mean, interest rates were the lowest they've been historically during COVID. And so um, if I could have hired three more people, I could have done three times more loans, truthfully. I left every day at eight o'clock at night and came in at every day at eight because I had nothing else to do, truly. So um, I feel very blessed. Um, I still haven't gotten COVID, ironically. Um, but you know, it, it was a scary time naturally. It affected all of us, but um, I wasn't as isolated as some others as a result of just work being so busy. Um, I just buried myself in work because I, I really, like I said, I had nothing else to do anyhow. So, and, um, and so, yeah, here we are, you know, um, still navigating a little bit through it. Um, but fortunately, you know, uh, we have more information and we're better equipped to, to, to deal with it. Right. I think so. Yeah. And so, was, I mean, yeah, I feel bad saying that it was really like a blip on the radar for me, but you know. If rates were higher, I don't know. I might have had a different answer, but right. Well, it was so important for the mortgage professionals to really lock down and, for lack of a better term, but really get people the financing that they needed to loosen up so that so they could have those rainy day funds and pay down right. the debt and and be ready for the rest of what was what was to come. And it seems like we're still kind of slogging through it as we're here in 2022. So somebody who wants to get involved in mortgage business, what would you, what, what bit of wisdom would you share with them? Become a student, you know, become a student of, of the industry, listen to podcasts, understand terms, vocabulary, do everything you can try to move through the process yourself as if you were purchasing a home. Um, you know, learn everything you can, um, um, find a mentor. I would say find a mentor, find somebody that's willing to take you under their wing. That is probably the first thing I would do along with becoming a student, reading books, going online, Googling, you name it. Um, the more information you can start to take in, the better off you are. It's, you know, it's an, it's an industry that has its own vocabulary. The quicker you learn it, the better off you are. Um, those are the two, you know, most important things that I su would suggest doing, you know, if you want to get started in this business. And there's so many different careers, being a mortgage originator is one of them, uh, but that's not for everyone. And, and, you know, when you have a good, um, like I have a great team and everyone has a role and has, wears a different hat, so to say. So, you know, there's lots of options within the industry. Originating is only one. So speaking of originating, so say you jump in both feet what's a day-to-day -day look like for success <laughs> you 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 set out what you're planning on accomplishing that day and you don't do anything on your list <laughs> uh -huh. that's a typical day uh no well that, that is, it's true or not true um 
this 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 um job had you wear many hats uh, i for me i loved that i can never get bored i get bored so easily uh, i have to rein myself in you know but um i really think the the industry the job itself um what what i love the most about it is you can pick and choose the parts of it that you eventually identify as your strength and then throw away what you don't and you can build a team around you to help support, you know, sort of those tasks that you don't enjoy doing. Um, but more importantly, um, in terms of what we actually do and accomplish is, I mean, you know, they say the three most stressful things you do in life, all right, deal is deal with death, divorce, or purchase a home. So the reality is, is we, I get to interact with people who are conducting one of the most stressful um, and it doesn't have to be a negative thing, but, you know, exciting, biggest purchase you'll ever make in your life. Um, and whether that's buying your first ski home or investment property or your first primary home, it's all relative, right? Um, but I play a really important role in that, really important. And so I don't take it for granted. And 22 years later, I don't care if you're borrowing 80 grand or 2.8 million. It's just as important that process and that experience and getting getting it done in time, meeting deadlines, and trying to make sure everyone's still happy, you know, throughout the process. Um, so you really get to pull from a lot of different strengths and weaknesses. You have to market. You, I mean, there's so so much to the actual position, but more importantly, you play such a huge role in the life of you know of someone making a really big purchase. Well, tell us about your marketing. So on a day-to-day -day basis, where are you getting your business from? At this point, most of my business is, is referral word of mouth, naturally. A lot of past client referral is where a lot of my business comes from. Um, I, I, I do a lot of business to business, uh, meaning I, I volunteer, I work in the communities. In some of the, you know, Plymouth, for example, I'm, I serve on the board for the Plymouth Area Chamber. So I have a lot of business relationships, a lot of banking relationships as well. We kind of pull from one another. So that's one big area for me. Um, financial planners, I, I kind of group into that. And then, um, you know, I'd say a decent amount of my business comes from social media marketing, but a majority of it still comes from past clients. And then, of course, I love my real estate community. So real estate agents are a really great resource for me. Um, and I understand what those partnerships look like in order for them to be successful. Um, so I really enjoy working with the local realtors in the community to, you know, to work together to close loans. Um Oftentimes people will come in and they might have a pre-approval, but it's it's from a company that nobody's aware of or a dot-com company or, you know, so a, a business will get shuffled over through the, the local realtor. Um, and that's a really huge source of business for me still. So how does, you know, you talk about those relationships and, and, and how important those are. How do you maintain that relationship with the real estate community? Uh, I guess it depends on the person, right? But um pretty organically still, it, it, you know, I think there is no, uh, you know, I know we're, we're getting acclimated to Zoom and we're not out about and about as much, but I think so it maybe it takes a little more work and energy to maintain relationships these days, but, you know, it sounds kind of boring, but through coffee, lunches, grabbing a glass of wine and just trying to stay in front of people, right? Um, because you can't replace uh, in-person interaction. It just doesn't, you know, it's just not the same. So really just very organic, organic efforts um, 
is, is what I still do. So we're beginning a new year, right? 2022. Do you have any big audacious goals for 2022? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Um, so I, I am looking to increase my origination production by a minimum of 20% this year. Wow. That will be an interesting, um, interesting with rates coming up, refi is slowing down. So I have a lot of work ahead of me, but my team is really going to play an integral role in that goal. And, and, and we've talked about taking, so the, I'm going to take those profits and turn them back to my team, hand them back. That way we get to really all collaborate this year and, and work towards that goal. So it's not just me always driving that, right? And then profiting. So I'm gonna, so that's one of my biggest goals. And you know, the merger, this merger with blockchain and moving into the blockchain cryptocurrency space for us is 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 huge. So I will be keeping a watchful eye on opportunity there and see and 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 you know, and just really step watching what that does to the business, the industry, and what that does might do, do for myself personally professionally rather so you know i've kind of look at it two different ways i look at it from you know that the my origination team goals and then stacy jordan professional and then also on my other side i do flip properties and have and i own some properties so um, i'm looking to make some changes on that side of my business but we won't talk about that right now no how come I don't know. I just feel like it's too much. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it, you know, it's nice to to work with someone who actually understands it, right? So to know that you own your own real estate, you understand a lot of what your clients are going through. But I do want to poke a little bit deeper into that. What type of changes do you want to make in there? Um, well, right now I, I actively flip a couple of properties a year, typically. That's, that's about it. Um, yeah. And I own... Um, some condos, some mixed use commercial, uh, residential. I think what I'd like to do is sell a property or two this year and out take those funds and, and invest in a, um, a, a very well-established um, grow facility, marijuana dispensary, retail wholesale uh, business out of Colorado that I have an opportunity to buy some shares. Um, so I think I'm, I'm just looking to shift some of my resources outside of real estate a little bit, but put it somewhere else maybe. Um, you know, I'm, I sort of, I, 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 being a landlord's okay, but um, I, I just think, yeah, I want to minimize some of that exposure, I think right now and capitalize on the market. Are you doing, are you self-managing your properties or do you have a management company? No, I self-manage and it's not too bad, but I want on, I have an Airbnb and then I have a couple of the rentals and, um, and they're really actually not bad at all. I'm just, I guess I'm bored. So yeah. yeah. I get bored. You get bored. You mentioned that. So you got to <laughs> diversify. You got to diversify. I love it. Um, so let, let's let's talk about a, the a typical borrowing client. So they come to you. They're introduced to you through a real estate partner. They want to buy a home. What's the first step? So we want to move them through our pre-approval process. And um, what that looks like for us is, you know, we just either direct them to the website or have a conversation and get in the information that we need through that conversation. Um, get an application started, pull a credit report, um, request some documentation. This is critical. I always tell people it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, but the uh, more information I have, the quicker I have, uh, it, it really makes a big difference um, on the recommendations I might give, the um, options that we present, the interest rate that you're likely to qualify for. Um, and the recommendations that we make for home buying and the process itself. Um, 
you know, it's my job to present options and my, and I want to be able to present as many options as possible. Um, and I would like to deliver accurate information as accurate information as possible out of the gate and having W-2s, pay stubs, tax returns, bank statements helps me to do that. And so, um, once, so create the good, a really good foundation, start the loan, collect documentation, and then, um, and then, and then at that point, my job is to present options, explain. I always say, don't get hyper-focused on picking a program when you're getting pre-approved. That's not the goal. The goal is to establish, you can get a mortgage and what kind of options are out there. We talk about rates, terms, PMI, down payments, different myths, um, you know, within the process. Um, we determine your max, how much you can spend. Um, and so I guess it's my job to educate you during that time period. And then once um, we go over closing costs, budgeting, how to prepare, um, it really comes down to how much time I have because everyone comes in at different shapes and sizes and different speeds, right? So um, we have somebody that's contacted me and they're looking to buy in a couple of months to a year. We have lots of great time to have good conversations and I don't have to do it all in one conversation. So we try to move people through the process systematically and do that. Um, but sometimes I'll get somebody on a Friday night that's making an offer on Saturday and then their offer is accepted and they go to purchase and sale in a week. And so that's a very different process. <laughs> uh, we have to shorten all of that, but we can do that, no problem. So, but you know, the key is to get pre-approved. And again, that can mean many different things to many different people, but I say there's a right way to do it in a wrong way or a right way, no way, right? So that's how, sort of how we move people through. Well, let me ask you during this really scarce inventory, how do you help a buyer get their, their offer accepted? Um, there's a couple of different things that we do. Um, so we call the listing agent um, and just introduce ourselves real quick, send a follow-up email just to let them know we're here to answer any questions if they have any. That's been a very effective um, because oftentimes they're sifting through a lot of offers and they're uh, likely to contact me anyhow. They want to know how, you know, how qualified the borrower is. So I'm able to reinforce the strength of the client and that we've done this diligence up front. And that's, that's huge, Mark. Um, we've, I've had a lot of offers accepted and they've said, and the feedback received was, we accepted your offer because you were doing, you were the lender. It was your pre-approval. We, we feel confidence going to close. Um, so I've had a lot of positive feedback on those calls and conversations, being proactive about that. And I think just being a local lender in the industry for 22 years has, has carried some weight. So my letters are not just, you know, they mean something, you know, right. So um, those are some benefits that we've observed, you know, over the past year or two, um, homeowners, you know, were able to take advantage of. So your local reputation has really helped your clients specifically. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. then as the process or the closing experience continues, they get their offer accepted, they go into underwriting, they close, they're happy, the balloons are going, the confetti's going, and they sit down and they want to write a review, a testimonial. What are they saying to Stacy and her team? Uh, we, we get a lot of great testimonials. That's when you know, like, okay, 
uh, we've done something right, or we're yeah. still doing something right. A lot of the testimonials are about me and my team, which I love because um, it really does, you know, years ago, you didn't need a team of, of people to close loans. I mean, you had your people in operations behind the scenes, but uh, because of regulation, because of the complexity and, and what it takes to get loans moving from point A to point B and closed, um, you really do need to surround yourself with a team of professionals and that team's really important. So a lot of the testimonials give credit to not only myself, but my team and how, you know, we went above and beyond and our, and we are the communication they received from us and someone was always here. And so uh, most of our testimonials um, have that carry that same theme. I think like the biggest message, like, you know, to get to people is if you're thinking of selling your home and buying another home, selling your home and relocating, buying a second home, buying an investment property, uh, being a first-time home buyer, um, especially the, it, to pre-plan with someone like myself as early as possible. Um, I cannot believe still how many phone calls I get on a weekly basis um, of people that call the realtor, went to look at the property, and then they're shuffled over to me. They haven't been pre-approved yet. Um, I think I wrote five pre-approvals last Sunday, and four of them were just that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not criticize, you know, criticizing that process, but if you come and, and make contact with a lender first, um, it's just you have the opportunity to make the process less stressful. Um, because you get to engage with someone like myself, who's going to really walk you through things and explain to you. And, and maybe you've, you're a homeowner and you, you're an expert at this process. You've bought multiple homes. The reality is, is Morgan programs come in and out of the market every week. Things change. Um, and there's a lot of variables and moving parts. And it just becomes a less stressful process if you can pre-plan and work with someone like myself ahead of time. Um, and, you know, you might even shift the course and way which you might do things if, if I have the ability to work with you. Sometimes we have some, you know, we can do some strategic planning. I can tell you do this instead. And then in two months, you'll be eligible for this lower interest rate because maybe we work on, on your credit. Maybe your credit's great, but we work on making it excellent and that gets you a better rate. So I don't care who you are and how experience you might be engaging with a mortgage professional ahead of time is that there's value there. Um, so that would be one of the biggest, you know, recommendations I have to anyone, um, you know, that wants to do something in, you know, in real estate or if they have to obtain a mortgage in, in, within 12 months. So get involved with your loan professional early in the process. Early, as early as possible. <clears throat> Got it. So Stacy, uh, I know you had mentioned one of your other goals is to expand your comfort zone a little bit. And by doing a podcast like this, you've, you've effectively done that. One of the things we really enjoy when it comes to expanding our comfort zone is karaoke. Oh, right. What we're going to do is we're going to bring all of the guests together someday in a networking fashion, if you go through our catalog, you'll see some really good resources of people and professionals uh, up and down the list. And we're going to get them all together. And one of the main focus is going to be karaoke. So Stacy Jordan, you're up on stage next. What are you singing? Oh, gosh. Mark, I don't have... 
I have the worst voice in the world. I know everyone probably says that, but no, I, I, I would, I would, we should do, you should do a karaoke, karaoke sing-off so we can vote on who has the worst voice. Uh, the worst I'm voice. Sure I That's would, a great I idea. Nail that. Um, so I tend to let others, you know, take the mic, um, unless I might have a few beverages in me or someone, you yeah. know, so, um, yeah, that's a tough one. I'll sing whatever. I'll sing whatever. Cause no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta sing one specifically. Uh, so, um, oh, let's get back. No, I, I guess a rapping would be more my thing. Really? Some ice, ice baby. Ice, ice baby. I love it. We need some ice to buy this house. But we with. need choreography to go with it. That's well, well, that's the thing. So the beauty of karaoke is I think it's 30% skill, 70% stage presence. So right. if you've got the stage presence, then, then you've got it all wrapped up nice. <laughs> so, um, so Stacy, the most important question of them all, of all the questions that we ask, if someone were to want to get in touch with you, whether they want to obtain financing or they want to learn a little bit more about uh, mortgage business and mentoring, how would someone get in touch with you? Isn't that a loaded question today, right, Mark? Yeah. Um, well, since we are very adapting uh, mortgage team over here, um, we are, I mean, I just say Google Stacy Jordan. You'll find my contact information super easy. I come right up. Stacy Jordan Mortgage, just put that right in. Um, we in answer Instagram messages, Facebook messages, Twitter, um, text messaging. We uh, email is always a great way to reach out initially. Um, we are very flexible with how um, people either reach out to us initially or how they like to communicate. And now, in fact, nowadays, that's one of our questions is what's your preferred method of communication? And we make sure that we know, you know, how our clients like to communicate because everyone's a little different with that. Um, so, you know, I say, believe me, you can find me. So, uh, you know, reach out in the best way that you know how and we'll be there to answer it quickly and you meet them where they're at. I love that. Yes. I love that so much. Well, Stacy, I appreciate you very much. We're going to put your contact information in the show notes. So people who are listening to this, they could go down and click through to a phone number to Insta and some of your other social handles. But Great. thank you so much and have an amazing 2022. Thanks, Mark. You as well. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Securitidle. Securitidle helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Securitidle, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal 
financial or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.